Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey, podcast listener, this is Rob Sestronino. I'm the Rob, and Rob has a podcast, and the new season of Survivor is just getting started, and we've got new episodes for you five days a week. Join us for interviews with your favorite past Survivor players in this season's losers right after they get their torch snuffed. Listen free to Rob Has a Podcast, exclusively available on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app. And if you like the show, why not share it with a friend or leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get on, Mindy. Get it on. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for telling a friend. We love that about you, don't we, Matt? Yes, the moderator, sir. DeAndrea. All right, welcome to CarCast. Uh, <laughs> lots to talk about uh, today, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure where you want to start, but um, uh, how about uh, some MIDI? We just, we just put some plans together. To mm-hmm. go to the MIDI, it's in mm-hmm. April at Road Atlanta. We're going to be out there with uh, with our friends from uh, Classic Motorsport uh, Magazine and Nissan. Uh, yeah, we should uh, backtrack for a second and say that our guest is uh, American Top Gear Stig Paul Gerard. Although I don't have his bio in front of me, but Matt has his bio, or maybe he has two of his bios. Uh, no, just the one. <laughs> It's weird how often this happens. <laughs> now, it's not often. It'd be like how often do planes land without putting their landing gear down? And the answer would be like, well, not very often, but really shouldn't happen at all. That's uh, I got that's my thing yeah. with uh, with stuff like bias. <laughs> it does happen to me semi-frequently. Um, all right. Uh, so anyway, Paul, uh, he's got a, he's got a book and we'll talk to him all about, a uh, fascinating background as a, as a driver as well. Yeah. Won several <clears throat> national uh, championships as well. And we'll talk, well, look, you gotta be good. If you're going to be the Stig, you better be good, right? Yes. Cause that's, uh, it's kind of the ultimate meritocracy. Cause it's not like, well, my dad was the old Stig. So he just kind of <laughs> grandfathered <laughs> right. me in. And it's not like, uh, well, I'm the Stig because I'm so good looking and my biceps are so big. It's like no one knows who you are. Nobody sees who you are. You're always in that white fire suit with that full full face uh, Simpson helmet on and the yeah. reflective visor. So it's solely based on your ability to drive. Yeah. And wait till you find out from Paul the process of getting that gig and then how secret it is once you have the gig. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just it's total like nobody nobody knows. Nobody knows anything. Like Yes. Uh, not since the, um, Cal Berkeley football mascot, Oski, as something, <laughs> as a veil of secrecy over the actual person that's behind the, the, the costume been so secret. Is, you didn't know that, did you? Is Oski, that's the name of the... What is the Cal Berkeley <laughs> mascot name? Oski the Bear. Really? Oski the Bear. Okay. You ever marvel at what I know? I I mean, yes, sometimes more than others. <laughs> do you only marvel at what I know when I yell at you, why aren't you marveling at what I know? Or do you ever do it during your quiet no, hours? No, sometimes it happens naturally. Oski the bear, which doesn't look anything like a bear to me, but uh, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm 
impressed, and, and, and then who cares? Yeah, I get you. It's whatever, whatever, football or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. But no, I got you. I roll deep. Yeah. All right. So uh, not since Oski the Bear okay. has uh, the veil of secrecy between the man yeah. and the costume now, been so secure since the stick. Thank you. Now, on your point, though, when you brought out the Granatelli Fat Inspector Gadget references from back in the day, and you know the commercial verbatim, I am impressed. I am definitely impressed. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I got a lot of range. So we are uh, going to the Midi, which <clears throat> is the road Atlanta. Yes. I think it's named after Walter Mitty, but I don't know. Are you familiar with Walter Mitty? No, but I think we d- had this discussion. We might have Wikipedia'd him uh, to find out. Have. Like, the Secret what? Life of Walter Mitty right. was a Danny Kay series. It was either a movie or a series. Uh, Danny Kay was a fabulous sort of actor. He was kind of actually kind of a the Kevin Spacey minus all the, the- – the uh, feeling up a young dude's baggage, but he he was a song. He was an actor, comedian, kind of song and dance guy who was very uh, sort of rubber faced and very and probably gay. Although back when who you know Liberace yeah. was like he's a confirmed bachelor, you know, like back nobody yeah, yeah. nobody knew. I don't know how long Danny Kay lived. He did a thousand movies. He was considered an amazing, like, he's a, like an exceptional talent. Died at seven, uh, 76 years of age. In probably in 1980 or something, 87. Right? And uh, made a ton of movies and was incredible, incredible talent. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. But the Mitty, the vintage race, the Mitty, is named after... Looking that up now. We'll look that up. <laughs> Anyway. This is what we know about uh, about the Midi. It's, it's, uh, as you said, Road Atlanta. It's going to be April 27th through the 29th. Our friends at Nissan are the featured mark. Um, John Morton will be the Grand Marshal. There's a bunch of things that you can do while you're there. There's vintage racing. There's a mountain cruise. You can take the car out. There's a skid pad challenge. A whole bunch of stuff like that. Uh, we're going to be out there pitting, I believe, in the Nissan Datsun Pavilion or Paddock area. We're going to be with those guys. Uh, the plan is to bring the Bob Sharp 610 to race. Mm-hmm. And I think we bring the BRE Roadster and, and have that on display as well because they're two very cool pieces to have out there. And two good names from the day, BRE and, and of course, uh, Bob and Sharp. Sharp. And the, um, bo- the, the yes. MIDI. In Atlanta, uh, the first one was a, such a success that Martha Turner, the editor, editor of Jaguar Marquee, dubbed the proceedings the Great Walter Mitty Challenge after the James Thurber's short story, which is what the movie is based off of. And, so it is based yeah. on Walter Mitty. But yeah. why I, – I don't get why that connotes success because w- Walter Mitty – was all, all Danny Kay characters were sort of lovable screw-ups who sort of found their way okay. into success, but they weren't heroes. You know what I mean? It was like Danny Kay was the opposite of The Rock. <laughs> you know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't was, do San Andreas too. No, he did not. <laughs> oh, if that's don't, don't kid. Is that coming oh, out? Oh, that's coming out. Oh, that's happening. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited <laughs> about that. Anything that has to do with helicopters and earthquakes. Like, I'm full down. on your eyes lit up when I said that. You're I'm not so joking. Excited. Yeah. so excited. So uh, excited. All right. So um, we'll figure out what Walter Mitty's story was about. But either way, it is named after the story. Yeah, Walter Mitty. Uh It's Road Atlanta. 
course, um, I've been to Road Atlanta. I've been to the Midi. I was at the Midi. I would reckon, and you might even know this, uh, about eight or nine years ago. It must have been before I met you or right around the time I met you. You didn't go with me, but I was there, and I could do the math, but it's probably about eight, eight or nine years ago. Yeah, 2010. 2010. Okay. It was uh, well attended. Uh, it wasn't crowded, but it was uh, well attended. Um, hot tip. They don't sell beer on Sunday, so uh, if you plan on uh, having are a we, couple of are cold we ones, until Sunday. <laughs> now that I realize if there's no beer, <laughs> uh, if you're going to have a couple of cold ones yeah. at the track after you get out of the car, or if you're just milling around watching other people get in the car and you like a cold one in your hand, uh, do your buying on Saturday. Right, BYOB Sunday. That's right. So right. Uh, there's a tip for you. That is a good tip. Um, I did a couple parade laps. Remember thinking, well, it's a cool track, and uh, that was about all all I thought of. It's kind of nice that all the Newman races and all the runoffs and everything sort of took place at Road Atlanta. So there yeah. was the, sort of that too. But wait, so that's an interesting point. You've been on the track, so you haven't raced it yet, but you have done a few laps around the track. So you're yes. a little bit familiar. I mean, almost a decade ago, but no, yeah, not even really a little bit familiar. <laughs> I just barely <laughs> just walked a car around it once, maybe maybe twice. Yeah. So I, I have a little knowledge of yeah. it but no i want to do a couple of forts elapsed before heading out yeah there. i think i will i think i will do a couple of because uh, i'll probably be in a pretty populated and fast uh run group so i i shall i shall uh hop on the simulator and see if i can get a little familiarity yeah. uh there's like some practice on friday and you know a, another thing on saturday and i think the race is on yeah. sunday so you should buy tickets. I think they're about 35 bucks, but you might want to check. It could be like 35 bucks a day. So if you pick a Friday or Saturday or something. But um, I'm trying to remember what the website is. Let's say themidi.com. And what you should do is come down there and then come find us. Yeah. And then come say hi and hang out because we're there. And uh, Bring beer on Sunday. Bring beer on Sunday. And uh, we go and we race and then we get out and we have a beer and we, we say hi to people. We're going to be walking around and checking out the cars and what's going on because I've never been to the Midi. I've never been to Road Atlanta, so this will be kind of fun to really kind of check out and yeah. tour what's going on. All right. Let me tell you about uh, Castrol Edge design for c- consumers who demand the best performance from their cars. Tech advances have made engines smaller, we know that, more powerful, and efficient. Engines today produce pressure up to 10 tons per square centimeter. I'm a car guy. I don't even know what that means. It sounds like a lot. The only thing stopping the metal-to-metal contacts, a thin layer of oil. The oil needs to be strong and remain strong. Castrol Edge, formulated with fluid titanium technology, Three times stronger against viscosity breakdown than the leading full synthetic. It is Castrol Edge. So um, we got the Tesla X. Got the new Tesla. Yeah. Uh, You've been driving it around, getting a feel for it, or Lynette's just been taking the kids to? She's been taking the kids, but we went out to to, uh, visit my sister last weekend when we were done, she's out in Topanga. When we are done, we, we headed up uh, through the hills. It was a beautiful day. Headed down to PCH. 
yeah. uh, took a view, you know, took that that great panorama view of the Pacific Coast from up in the hills, up around Mulholland. Yeah. And I used to live Topanga. in Topanga. That's a good little ride going back down. Yeah, we some good we, winding roads. Yeah, and so one of the things I really liked about the car is this sort of panoramic front windshield that just kind of comes around, yeah. sort of turns into a sunroof. It's really much better than a sunroof because what a sunroof does is the windshield stops and then there's you know 12 inches of sheet metal and then there's a hole in the roof right you have to kind of look straight up and you don't this is the front windshield just curves around and keeps going to behind your head or or it's the truck and tango and cash it's the truck and tango and cash but so we tried to jump it too. Yeah, did you? Oh yeah, we got air. So what's that noise? Nothing, not a scratch. I swear. So the the it goes all the way up and it comes around so that when you're driving through these mountain roads and you're looking down on the Pacific Coast, you have a real view yeah. versus either through the windshield or just through the sunroof, which is just looking up at the birds. You know, so it gave a really nice kind of a roller coaster feel when you first time you do it. No, just just panoramic and wide open, and yeah. you know the kids were in there, and the dog was in there, and uh, you know had a had a full charge and felt good, like it felt, you know sitting up a little bit high, but not too yeah. high. It just felt like a great way to be transported. It didn't feel sporty. It didn't necessarily feel luxurious. It just felt like we're being transported, and it felt like it was comfortable. Does it feel fast or heavy? It is fast when uh, when when you step on it. It's fast how electric things are fast. Yeah, you know when you when you step on it. Uh, it felt good. The, the seats were good. More bolsters in the seats. Things open. It's comfortable. It, it's 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 large ish, but it's not bulky. And it's the kind of thing that I don't know if, you know, if you wanted a spirited driving experience for uh, you and your Italian girlfriend, I, I'm not sure if that's th- your weapon of choice. But if you're just going to sit there and have the kids and the dog and, yeah. you know, just yell at the dashboard, I want to hear the Jayhawks. <laughs> and they just start playing a Jayhawk song. You're the only one who's yelling that. I'm the only right? one who yells yeah. that. And the, and you're looking up sort of at the at the blue sky and down at right. the blue ocean and everything. It's a nice way to get around. And what do you think of the Falcon doors? I like them. They're fun. They kind of work. And uh, there's there's nothing about that car I, I dislike at this point. Are you are you are you more Model X now or Model S? The sedan or the SUV? I'm I'm X because the S, which we had previously. Feels like an Audi A7 where they skimped a little on the interior. Yeah. Um, the X just feels like a different animal. <clears throat> and for that, it, it, it all things can be forgiven and, it, and it's different. So when you climb into the S, you get into the S and you go, oh, this reminds me of your A7, except for not as good. Yeah. Okay. And But you can plug it in. Right. But as the guy's being driven to Malibu, I don't really care if it's gas or whether it's electric charge. I'm just sitting in the passenger seat. So the X feels like, oh, this is a different thing. And thus, it's hard to compare it to other yeah. things. What color did y'all get? Uh, is it white? I got to tell you, and I, I found, yes, I found <laughs> a tweet. And I, 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 I did something I would do if I, if I had the means, the wherewithal 
and and I cared enough, which is, and it's weird. And I had a weird conversation with the Tesla guy who did what many, many, many people do to me, which is confuse the crap out of me all the time. Okay. The Tesla guy is a big fan. He brought the thing to our house. He was a great, I call him a kid. He was a younger guy, sweetheart of a guy. And we went with white exterior okay. and a white interior. And the reason we want the white interior is because it looks really good, but I would have much preferred a red interior. Tesla does not offer a red interior, which okay. is weird yeah. because Tesla's Tesla, and their brand is, especially if you go into any of their sort of boutique stores, their brand is sort of half automobile and then sort of half lifestyle. Yeah. Like they're a d- design tech company. Yeah, lots of swatches and things on the walls and color samples and technology demos. And, and, and Max, cool. a, Max Apata can, can check it out, but... There is, you know, I would have got white with a red interior, yeah. and it, it's, it's an amazing combination, but they don't have that. They don't. So Not, you can have white and brown, or white and black, or white and beige, or white and silver, or gray, but you can't have white and red. Now, huh. I don't know why Tesla... Of all the car companies to not offer a red interior, you'd think they'd be the last. Yeah. But they do not offer a red interior... And so we got white on white. Not practical, but it looks cool. What do I care? Yeah, looks good. So uh, the guy dropped the car off when I said, uh, he said, yeah, I like your color combination, you know, white on white. And I said, yeah, I, I would have got the white with the red interior, but you guys don't offer a red. Yeah. And he went, oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> and I had, this, I had this feeling of like, oh, my God, I just ordered a car that took six months. I would love to have a yeah. red interior. I ordered the white. I thought I went into the store. I, I looked online, and I thought it was one of these, you know, goddamn uh, in and out things where I needed to say animal style or something like. Oh yeah, yeah if yeah. you tell the guy I went red, he'll get it red. Yeah, yeah like, right, right. But they don't it's have not on it on the menu or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you I, tell him, and I went, you have you have red, and he went, yeah, and I went, <laughs> oh. Wow. And I was like looking at Lynette and she was looking at me and I was like, did you pull a fast one on me? Like, would you tell me there is no red? Cause you knew yeah. I wanted red, but you didn't want red. And I went, well, wait a minute. I went to the, I went to the website and I looked and there, there is no red. Oh yeah. Yeah. I get them all the time. Uh, I said, no, but hold on. Oh, wait oh, a man. second. Wait a second. <laughs> I, I was on the website. I looked under interiors. There is no red interior. And he's like, oh, interiors. <laughs> oh no! I thought you meant. Oh, oh, you meant the exterior, and I'm like, <laughs> first off, do you really think I, there's 15 red Teslas in my neighborhood? Like the number one color of Tesla is red. Do you really think yeah. I was marveling at the? Do you really think I thought you didn't have red? Yeah, it's the exterior color that every single car manufacturer all offer. And I've seen a hundred red. Uh, I, he was a nice guy. Didn't want to get too much into it, but people do that to me all the time. Yeah. After you went, well, I went through the website. I went through the options. I didn't see red. And he was still on exterior. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. So they don't have red. But somebody tweeted me, and I would do this, like I said, if I had the time or I cared. They took a Tesla, a white Tesla, and they put a, I think, Bentley. Yep. 
red Bentley interior in it, complete with the diamond stitch, and it looks goddamn awesome. <laughs> it is so it awesome. It looks so fucking awesome. <laughs> it looks awesome. Maxipata, wow, what, so nice. what is so wrong? Incredible. What is wrong? What is wrong, Maxipata? <laughs> oh my god. All right, you know what I'm it looks. My Prius. You know what it looks better right? than? It looks better than white. Yeah, way better than white. But they don't offer it. <laughs> get that get that picture ready for ACS. <laughs> I'm so angry. I'm so it's angry. So good. What is so Tesla good, by offer? The way, the... Tesla offers white, black, like charcoal and and silver, like weird gray silver, yeah. which is like my wife had the weird gray silver on her ass, and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the biggest. <sighs> Of an interior, like it's not blue, it's not gray, it's just like weird yeah. silver. For a company like Tesla, not to offer what we're looking at is a white Model X with a red interior. Now, just the right amount of red, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. The black carbon's a black dash and a little bit of diamond stitch on the door. Yeah, panels. but we don't need the diamond stitch, just a red interior. It looks killer. Yeah. All right. Did I not say I wanted it in red because it looked killer? <laughs> <laughs> or would look killer. Now I'm seeing it. Yeah, this is this is an incredible look. Yeah. What's wrong with everyone except for me? Does anyone ever ask themselves that question? It's weird how like a company like Tesla doesn't wouldn't do this like as, being innovative as they are. You know, you go on any website for most car dealerships and you can just customize anything you want. Uh every color combination you right. want if, if and they make it to order. And you're exactly right because this isn't a car that you go and you buy off the lot. You still got to wait, right? So yes. as they're making it, why can't you say, I want red interior or white with a blue leather interior? That's nice as well. What? They, don't, they, don't, have a good, no they don't have a good blue either. What are their interiors? Show me their interiors. Go get Paul yeah. Gerard, by the way, somebody, right. and you can show me their stupid interior colors. Yeah, can will scroll through them for you. They have white. All right. We're, All right. we're aware of that. They have black or Charcoal Where's the seat or, color? It's going to dash color or something. It's going to be a... All right. We'll, we'll figure it out. All right. Well, while Whatever. he's figuring that out, let me, guys, let me tell you about the National Humane Society. Mm. Let's take a minute. I'm going to tell you about the National Humane Society. There are two things that I'm very passionate about, animals and cars, specifically Porsche and Tesla. Mm. The National Humane Society provides homeless and neglected animals with nourishing food, Lifestyle, life-saving medical care, vaccinations, and shelters. The National Humane Society is fundraising in a way that I think you will find very interesting. They are raffling off a brand-new Porsche Carrera convertible and a brand-new all-electric Tesla Model S. With a white interior. With probably white interior. If you can get it, if, if the raffle version is white with red interior, oh, boy. I'm in. Your I'm showing up. I'm, I'm getting these tickets. Uh, so here's what's cool is they will match every donation made. This will double your chances so you can make a bigger difference. So help now. You can win a Porsche 911 or a Tesla Model S. The Porsche you can get with the red interior for Yes, sure. you can. Your donation will definitely help save animals. So use promo code CARCAST and get five extra tickets for free. Promo code CARCAST for five extra tickets. Go to nationalhumanesociety.org right now. All right. Paul Gerard is here. What colors does that interior come in? The book. (laughs) Okay. So this one, the packages are you have a white premium, black premium, a black premium 
uh, with a light headliner, a cream premium, and a black textile interior. So pretty basic stuff. So just like black, cream, white. Yeah, their interior game isn't very strong. Like, yeah, they don't see, even have a gray. That, or is that no, the black? that's charcoal. Yeah. And they don't even have a gray? No, that's black premium. This is black Which premium with a light gray headliner. looks in the photo. Yeah, yeah we don't care about the headliner. Just... Okay, cream premium and then black. Uh, all black. All right, so black and white are the two Pretty much, yeah. They, they don't have... Uh. Well, these are these are what they offer on their website. All right, anyway. All right, Tesla. Weird, right? Come on, Tesla. a stupid red interior because it looks so goddamn killer on a white car. How do you tweet that image to Elon Musk? Yes, <laughs> tell about this game. Yeah, come Paul, on. <laughs> Paul Gerard is here. Optimum Drive is uh, the name of the book. Uh, I literally wrote the book on how to drive. I love it. I got to read this book before we go out to Road Atlanta. Good to see you, Paul. Thank you. Great to be here. What do most people not know? Well, first off, uh, won several national championships. Uh, was the Top Gear U.S. Oh, Top Gear and U.K.? Well, I work, I work for the U.K. show, and I even work for the Grand Tour still. So I still do drive for those guys. I just don't do the Stig job anymore. Mm-hmm. So you, the Stig was the U.S. Top Gear. Correct. And how did you get that job? Uh, it was a tryout at uh, El Toro Marine Base, which is where the track was. And right. um, it was back in 2008, um, kind of when you know we were doing the pilot right. for the NBC show. And so I, w- I went out there. Uh, I knew Tanner, so I got a, kind of an invite to go. I was told there were basically about 50 guys that were trying for the job. You didn't meet any of them. Uh, everyone came out one at a time to El Toro. You got like a parade lap around at full speed with Tanner driving on this really convoluted course that went through the taxiways and everything. It's a real dusty, ruddy, kind of dry, weird. Huge. It was a huge course too. Right. And, and and so, and it, like it had a cone like every 200 yards. And mm-hmm. so you had to try and remember this. And uh, then you got a lap in a Mustang, a lap in an Aston Martin, and then they took you away. And, so you get and, one... One ride around with Tanner, yep, and then two laps, and you're done. And you're done. And uh, and the first lap I went around, and I was in the Mustang, and I was just trying, you know, you're trying to go fast, and you're trying to remember where the heck it goes because there's just nothing. Like you said, it's dusty. It's this big open space, and you're kind of aiming at a cone way out there, and then you think you're supposed to go around this one little taxiway and circle back in again. So I got a. I didn't get lost, but I was a little bit careful on the first lap, and then the second lap with the Aston Martin. I'm like, I got this, and I just, I just ripped off a lap, and um, I got a call like two weeks later, and they said you got the job. You were 1.7 seconds faster than anybody um, in the Aston Martin. That's a lot in, uh, wow. in I was that, shocked. that world. Yeah, wow. I, I was. I and was I'm shocked. sure that there's sort of a who's who of drivers and indie guys and stunt guys and drift guys that have all sort of were part of the the 50 applying for that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who it was, like it, because you didn't meet any of them. I know that I, after the fact now, I know a few guys that, that I know in the, in the industry were there. But yeah, they told me there were indie car drivers, there were stunt guys, there was, there was everybody. Because uh, it was like, you know, and I'm just like, you know, I got a snowball's chance here of, of making this happen, especially after the, like how it went. You know, you just kind of get thrown in there and you just go. And by the time it's done, you're, you can't even remember what the heck you did. Um, but it was it was really cool. Let's talk about the book for a second. Yeah, uh, the roadmap to driving greatness. What uh, what does that mean exactly? Well, I mean, I 
I've been a student of driving, a professional driver myself since 1989, and I, I ran the special projects part of the Skip Barber School. So I was the chief instructor there. I was the chief instructor at the Jim Russell Driving School, and and I've been coaching people my entire career in driving. From, that's from, how you met Tanner. As that's well. how, yeah, I, I met Tanner at doing BMW schools, uh, and uh, you know about 20 years ago now, but. You know, you, you kind of – if you're in an industry for long enough and you, you take it seriously what you do, you end up getting over time very frustrated with all the things that seem to be stuck in the industry, things that um, – methodologies, ways of thinking of students, the way they treated people, the amount of time they, they gave them doing different exercises when you're trying to teach them how to drive. And you realize just – it was just a broken system. And so – I started researching, like, someone has got to have done a proper driving book that really takes in the psychology and physiology of a human being under a stressful situation, stressful environment, and, and trying to, to, to learn something that's really difficult. It's not like you're, you're learning something um, that, you know, that doesn't have any risk involved. Driving is very risky. It's, it's a very, at the very least, very expensive to make a mistake, and it can also hurt you and it can kill you. So... There's a different level of stress in learning how to drive a race car than there is with learning something else. And so I, I really wanted and, – and I learned to really get people to learn in that environment. You had to make them calm and you had to see sort of what they needed next. And a lot of the driver training that occurred didn't give them what they needed at the right moment. So a lot of people just washed out of the system and very few people uh, I think reached anywhere near their potential as a driver as they could. And so – I found out over many, many years of sort of a pattern, and I developed a process of how to teach anybody. And then once I realized that it was possible to teach anybody, even the ones at the school, they said they said the saying at Skip Barber called OSB. And OSB is what the instructors muttered to, them, to each other when they thought you weren't good. It meant other sports beckon. <laughs> it meant go do something else. In this my isn't world, for you. It means oriented strand board. It's okay. similar. It's like plywood. Yeah. yeah. There you go. But it means something else as <laughs> well. Go. So you got another one to confuse you with it. But so I, I realized that these OSB people actually just weren't being given the right process. And if you spent more time with them and if you did more foundational stuff, a little home improvement thing I did there. Foundation. Um, so <laughs> like it's, it's really, really important to, to kind of give people enough time on the basics that they, f- they feel confident. The biggest thing about racing, as you'd imagine, is fear, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing anyone is ever going to deal with driving or any sort of vehicle faster than they're comfortable with. They're going to be dealing with fear. So you just have to kind of drill down into what the fear is. Where does it come from? It's not like it comes from inside of me, not that. What are you scared of? And what most people are scared of is losing control of the car. Makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why are you afraid you're going to lose control? Well, I'm going really fast. I'm going through this corner. So, so what, what stops someone from losing control of a car? Car control skills. Practice sliding a car on a skid pad, right? Do that so much that you lose that fear. You're now going, if the car slides in the middle of a corner, I got this. They're going to have a skid pad challenge, by the way, over at the MIDI. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. We, we, you might that. need to read my book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You but should get the book first. When I get out of the car, there'll be the skid mark challenge. That'll oh. be what's inside the driving suit. <laughs> OSB, That's a whole yeah. another, OSB. another competition. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just thumbing through the book looking at, uh, like, uh, I never read books, but I was looking at this book going, oh, I better read this book because I got a lot to learn here. In this book, just looking at the braking, for instance. That's, a, that's the hardest. Braking is the hardest thing about driving. 
the, the thing everyone thinks is the easiest is actually the hardest because it sets everything up. Like you can't do a corner well if you can't break well. I went out to uh, I went out to X Games once and Tanner was racing and uh, I was in the, the trailer of the motorhome with with some of the Ford guys. He was with Ford at the time and uh, <clears throat> Tanner went out, ran his laps in X Game, got out of the car, said hi to everybody, signed some stuff, got in the trailer, and uh, I was like, he's like, were you watching? I was like, yeah. He's like, did you see me left foot break? I was like, yeah, Tanner. He's like, it's pretty good, right? I was like, yeah. He was so pumped up that day. And he smoked everybody, but he's like, see it? And then we were playing the playback. He's like, look, left left foot break. <laughs> I don't think I'm good enough for that. Yeah, that's 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 later on for sure, the left foot breaking. Um, there, but there are, there are just so many basic things. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make when they're trying to learn to do something is they tend to skip over. And I've, I have so many students, like I get like really rich guys, and they're like, can I buy shortcuts to being a great driver? And you're like, nope. You got to get out there and you got to earn it one slide, one slip, one lap, yeah. one corner at a time. You have to earn and ingrain that knowledge. You have to make the mistakes and you have to, you have, to you know, have the epiphanies that, that take your confidence to that next level because you can't lie to your subconscious. It knows how good you are. So you can try and fake it, like, you know, fake it till you make it does not work in a race car, right? Because you'll get out there and the fear will just take over. That's a weird question, too. Can I buy talent? Can I, <laughs> oh, yeah. Can I buy some additional if you deal, If you deal with wealthy talent? people, they, they think they can buy all of it, like everything. Yeah. Like, what's the spec? You're just going to give me, like, give me the last chapter of the book kind of thing, right? Like, the, just give me that bit. Yeah. Teach me that part. And that's like everything encapsulated and that'll be it. And I can learn this in like two days while someone else – it takes 10 years. And you're like, sorry. It so doesn't work like I, I want to hear about the Top Gear America pilot original because you worked on it, Adam, with Tanner, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Eric Stromer. Mm-hmm. We just saw Eric Stromer. Paul was there. I don't know that you know that, but Paul was there no. working on it as well. I was there. And I, and I, I know you guys have some sort of Top Gear – pilot story or how much of a is, did you just do a pilot or did they do like a, a few uh, days did, of filming they did a pilot we did like a road trip we went to death valley vegas we went to vegas we shot some, shot some big guns stayed yeah. at Pahrump. uh then we went in studio and did like a big interview thing i had like yeah. david hasselhoff i think was the guest oh yeah right. how was your experience with hasselhoff it was it was it was different <laughs> it was went di- out and drove i, I guess yeah. right yeah so i so okay so there's a hasselhoff story right there <laughs> always is a story so we had i don't know if you remember this adam out there there was like a star trailer that they had set up and I, so i always had like one half of the star trailer and and it, so it was one of those trailers that had two like apartments in it right two like little separate units and so I would have one, and whoever the star was coming in for the show would have the other one. So normally they would bring them over, introduce them, and I'm like in the suit with the visor cracked, but they can't see who I am. But I'm talking. Mm-hmm. And he comes in. I get introduced, and it's like it's David Hassel. I'm like, oh, how you doing? And normal stuff. We're, here's what we're going to do. And we're going to start driving in like 20, 30 minutes. The producer takes him away. He goes back in the trailer. So I hear him in the other side of the trailer. And I'm not like trying to eavesdrop with like a glass against the wall or whatever. It's just a thin wall so you can just hear what's going on. He walks in. He goes into the bathroom. He does something medicinal in the bathroom. He does something. (laughs) I can hear now he's yelling over there and he's excited and he's shot out of a cannon now so one could assume you know there was some sort of pharmaceutical that was Mm -hmm. that was ingested and now he pops on back over in 20 minutes ready to drive 
and that's who I get. You know, I get this David Hasselhoff. Yeah. So he was like a nice, normal, calm guy 20 minutes earlier, and now he's shot out of a cannon, and I need to <laughs> teach him how to drive around this racetrack. And I was, I was scared to death because he was all over the road, and he was just going full throttle everywhere. And I'm trying to show him sort of like I was just describing. Like when you get out there on those runways, our course was way better than the one I tried out on. We had lots and lots of cones. But it's still very tricky to learn a track in, a, you know, in an hour and then go set a lap time, especially if you're not used to that sort of thing. And now I've got him, you know, and he's just – he can think about everything but driving right now, but he's at full throttle everywhere. And so we dealt with that. And I, I, we pull up and like, how's he doing? The producers are asking me. I'm like, we can't go yet. And they're like, what's going on? And I didn't want to say anything. Right. And I said, I can't, let it, I can't cut him loose in the car right now. If I get out of the car and let him do a lap, who knows what's – there's not a lot to hit out there, but you could roll something and – you could get yourself hurt. He seemed uh, – I, I remember having a, an interview with him that I'll never forget, which I, I forget everything and have interviewed thousands of people. But he was really out of his mind and animated and whatever. It was, it was a good interview, but I remember thinking at the time, like, this guy's beaked up or, or high or something. Like, I remember just thinking – that it's not really even a feeling you get. It's the same thing you get at a, at a, at a, with one of your friends or a, cops get when they walk up to your window and ask you if you knew how fast you're going. Like, something's going on with this dude. Like, I don't know what, yeah. but something, you know, we just taped, uh, I don't know, on a Saturday afternoon. This didn't feel Saturday afternoon-y to me. This felt like late, late Saturday night. Right. Is what is, that's the Hasselhoff I experienced. So obviously, whatever he was doing back then, he was doing it. Yeah, I think he was he was all over it, and so I just had to stay out there and keep driving with him. And they they kept on trying to get me to go. Like, is he ready? Is he ready? And I said, nope, nope. And I was just waiting for him to to kind of calm down a bit, to come down. And uh, eventually, he did. And um, and we got in a whole bunch of extra practice, and he actually pulled off a pretty pretty good lap. But uh, I was like, so this is television, because that was sort of that was the first show I had ever done. Yeah, uh, you know, and and it was a weird role, and and you know, again, no one knows who you are. I don't have, I didn't have anyone to talk to really. I could talk to a producer, I could talk to Tanner. No one else knew who I was. I didn't talk to anyone on that show ever for eight years. Tanner was pretty deep into the booger sugar back then too, so he wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't always easy to deal with. I mean, he was nice when he wasn't high, but yeah. when wasn't he high? I'm telling you, no one's more of a Jekyll and Hyde than Tanner. Oh when my he's god, on that. he'd like call me into his room and into his trailer and be like, "Hey man, I got some Bolivian shale." And I'd be like, "I don't even know what that is. Like, I don't know drug talk." And he'd be like, "Come on, man." That's uh, what do you think gives me the courage to jump these trucks? Um, <laughs> all right, I have a self-serving question Go. for uh, Paul Gerard. I'll tease it, but uh, I need help in the heel-toe department, and I want to know what piece of advice, other than practice. <laughs> <laughs> See, we, we already talked about. <laughs> no, I'd like a. Uh, I, you know, my problem is I never drive a stick. I always drive an automatic. Yeah. I never do any heel toe, and then I jump into the race car, and I I say I'm going to do heel toe, but now we're racing, and now I I dump I jump back into non heel toe because I don't want to go out. I don't want to learn while we're racing, so I end up just doing. I end up just neglecting it, yeah. and then we go another year until the next race, and I mean. Meanwhile, I'm just driving around an automatic Jag. So I'm guessing, Matt, I'm saying this out loud to you, someone should find me a car with a stick shift yeah. so I can get a little, just a little heel-toe muscle memory in before we head to the track. 
But I want to know. Yeah, you can drive my Alpha. I want to know from Paul. It's got to have more than 100 horsepower. <laughs> I have 120, maybe 120. <laughs> maybe 122. <laughs> it's um, faster downhill. I, I want to know if there's anything of, anything verbally that you could tell me or my audience that is a, a trick or something that most people don't, a technique for practice uh, or something that most people may not know, you know, other than just do more push-ups. You know, yeah, but right. don't say anything yet. I'll okay. tell, All tease right. it. Tell you about Geico. Everyone's got the to-do list. All right, I just added practice heel toe <laughs> to the to-do on my list? to-do list. Yeah, and uh, in the alpha, <laughs> save hundreds <laughs> of dollars on your car insurance. How about you add that to your to-do list? Just go to geico.com. Fifteen minutes, you could be saving fifteen percent or more on your car insurance. So why wouldn't you put that extra money in your pocket? It's the most rewarding thing you're going to do all day. Go to Geico.com. Save some money at Geico.com. Yeah. All right. So, Paul, in a, you know, obviously I'm putting you in a horrible position because the only thing you can do to get better at heel-toe is to go practice heel-toe. But is there something that people miss about heel-toe, like when to do it? Well, definitely as far as that, you get, the process is pretty easy to describe. You always break first because the whole the whole point is that you're going to select a lower gear so you have to get rid of the speed first mm-hmm. so you don't over rev the engine when you let the clutch out in the lower gear so i do see people that downshift first and then start braking for instance and that's a, a really really terrible habit so hit the brake first without any clutch that's right yeah left foot still still matted on on the dead pedal right so your right. left foot should still be pressing there as a matter of fact that pressing that very pressing right there is is a great way to help you gauge very precise threshold braking when you first jump on that brake pedal and that's a moment of time that most people mess up they don't brake very hard initially mm-hmm. that's the most shocking thing when you ride with a professional driver around a track is not how fast they go through the corners but how hard they initially brake it scares people to death done it a million times and and that's the thing they always tell you when you get out of the car it's like you broke so hard and it's like yeah you know you can break that hard especially if you're in a car that has some sort of aerodynamics so not an old car not an alpha um but you know something something that is modern but any car has something called degressive braking so degressive braking means you can always brake harder at higher speeds than you can at lower speeds and most people will actually progressively brake which is what you do on the street Right. You brake lightly at first and then you ramp it up a little and then you taper it off smoothly for hopefully that chauffeur stop at the end that stops snapping everyone's neck when you right. actually come to a stop. So that's how good street braking is done, how a chauffeur would brake. But on a racetrack, it's, it's degressive. So degressive means to reduce by small amounts as opposed mm-hmm. to digress, which means to head off in a random direction, right? People often mix those two up. So you're digressing the braking. So you hammer the brake as hard as the tires will take it initially. No downshift yet, right? right? You bleed off that speed until you get to the right road speed for the next lower gear. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously your cue now to actually start to heel and toe. So the whole time, though, you've hit the brakes super hard and you're already digressing. So you're slightly reducing brake pressure because if you kept that pressure that you could use at, let's say, 100 miles an hour, at 80, that would lock. Maybe even, you know, at 90, that would lock. So you have to be bleeding off that pressure. Right. And then when your speed goes down just low enough to get that lower gear, then you do the blip. Right. And so the blip is is the rocking. It's called heel and toe. But unless you are driving a vintage car, most pedals these days are close enough that it's not done with your heel and your toe. It's actually right. done with the ball of your foot on, on the brake pedal. And then you're rocking over your foot. You're twisting right. at the ankle. 
to do the blip. And the blip is very sharp. It, it shouldn't be a long, protracted rev of the engine. It's a, it's a blip. So it's just this very quick little jump of RPM up to a little bit higher than you need for the gear. And then as it drops, that's when the clutch goes out. Mm-hmm. So so you're kind of – and then you're just timing that as the speed goes down. You're available for the next lower gear, the next lower gear, the next lower gear, and you go. And you work your way down from, you know, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 or whatever you need to have. If you were to practice this, do you practice – it, I, I guess everybody thinks that the way you should practice is practice hitting the brake and rolling that blip. It sounds like what you should really be practicing is the timing of, of maybe the braking harder and letting it's off the brake. It's complicated, isn't it? You know, like because yeah. you kind of have to break it down to to, to two things. Like How the, the brakes on the Alpha? Yeah, it's not so bad. They're all getting redone. They're all brand new. They're all brand new. <laughs> but with 120 like... horsepower, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh... Yeah, I know it's funny when I was driving the 935 I was like the brakes are squeaking. They're like you're not hitting them hard enough. You got to hit them hard. <laughs> yeah, stop pussyfooting around. Literally like, like let's the do car's it. Car's got big brakes. You just got to jam on the brakes yeah. and I was like, "Oh, I thought it was old. Porsche just did a bulletin about squeaking brakes for the road oh, cars. It was you, fantastic. you guys probably talked about that. Didn't Porsche you? released a video. It was about how Porsche brakes squeak. Deal with it. On all new cars. Well, that's yeah, that's <laughs> or brake harder. Yeah, brake harder. Yeah, that's basically what they're saying. They're like, use the brakes better, or they will squeal, and that's life. Well, I just hope no one's bad. in that Tesla X uh, texting behind me when I'm testing my heel toe <laughs> out in La Cunada because uh, they're going to yeah. run up right up on that Alpha. I'll tell you that you can uh, test some left foot braking. Turn off the uh, the the auto braking feature in, in Tesla and just most modern cars won't let you anymore. You yeah. can't you can't left for brake in a road car. It's very rare. Very the rare. Uh, the book which I was skimming through and already was looking through the braking section. Uh, it is it's fast. It's informative. Like you're right. People people really want to up their game. Really should take uh, a short period of time. It's not a you know big five hundred page book, but really learn how to drive a car. And, and a lot of it is. Stuff you thought you knew, but you didn't know. You were thinking wrong. Optimum Drive is the name of the book, The Roadmap to Driving Greatness. It's available on Amazon. If you go to Amazon, go through our site, bookmark us, and spread the love around. Website, theoptimumdrive.com, is uh, where you go. Uh, we'll see you guys at the MIDI. We'll talk to you guys uh, before that. You can go to Chassis and see the 24-hour war and winning the racing life of Paul Newman and all kinds of all kinds of good racing movies like that. And speaking of the MIDI, so I looked it up. In the beginning of the book, uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, it opens up with him. like He's he's really known for his vivid daydreams. So he's in a daydream with like an, in a Navy hydroplane, and he's he's in a, on a mission, and then he snaps out of it to his wife going, you're driving too fast. You're dri-. He's in the car daydreaming re- really hard uh, about driving there. So yeah, I think it has would, something to do with that. <laughs> he, would, uh, he would daydream. That's yeah. right. Go to Corolla Drinks and check out what we got there. Shift and steer with Matt. Matt, what do you got? Yeah, and uh, uh, thanks for listening to everybody who's listening to CarCast with Goldberg as well every Wednesday. So, uh, thank you, uh, Paul Gerard. Look how good that X looks with the red interior. I'm so angry. <laughs> See my T-shirt with the Porsche with the red interior? Because oh, yeah. that's what I The have. white with the red. It, white and red. Why Tesla would just <laughs> offer a black and a blacker and a white interior? Yeah. So un, it's so it's the, it's the opposite of Tesla, right? It's the they're most boring thing in the world. Come I on. know they're going to catch on. All right. So, until next time, it's Adam Carolla for Paul Gerard. 
And uh, Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.